Here we go. Barry, won't you come and join me in the front? And it's a, a special privilege to have uh, Barry Isaacs. He's going to be uh, sharing with us from God's Word this morning. And uh, he's really put me to shame today, you know, so looking so smart, Barry. <laughs> but um, I, I really do want to uh, say to you this morning, it, to me it's a, it's a real privilege uh, to have Barry preaching here this morning. And again, what I think he's going to share with us will be important, but it's even more than that. I think it's what his life has been given to, what God has been doing in his heart, what he's carrying in his heart from the Lord that's so important. Um, I think many of you will know it's a deep burden on his heart to see people know the Lord and get saved. I think he's got a deep burden on his heart for the nation. Uh, he's got a deep burden on his heart for reconciliation in our country. And I just trust that, that through his ministry, the Holy Spirit will touch our hearts and God will really move amongst us. And so, Barry, thank you for sharing with us this morning. We really value that. Let's just pray for you before we and before you continue to preach. Father, thank you this morning for um, all that you've poured into Barry's life, and Lord, all that you've done over the years. Uh, Lord, we recognize uh, the grace of God to him. We recognize the way that you have uh, just led him in all that you have placed upon his heart. Lord, we don't believe this is an accident, but Lord, this is your hand that has been upon him for the good works that you've ordained for him. And so we thank you for that. And Lord, just want to bring him as, as your servant before you this morning and pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit upon his life. Father, that you will bring increase through what he shares. Lord, that you will use him for your glory. May I pray through everything he shares, we pray that you'll be glorified and magnified. We pray for our own hearts, Lord, that we'll be open and receptive to the ministry of your word and the ministry of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. Very, <laughs> you know, when you have these introductions, you now really have to perform to keep up with that. It's a real joy for me to, to share with you this morning. And uh, we are living in exciting times, difficult times, but I believe that God is still on the throne. And uh, please feel free to talk to me uh, as I go along. I'm quite used to that. Um, turn with me to John chapter 15. I think John chapter 15 is a well-known passage of Scripture, and um, I would also like to keep it within the theme that our faithful pastors have been engaging in, on, in with us to engage with our community, our world, where we find ourselves. John 15, it says, I am the vine or I says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit, 
of itself. <clears throat> unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. <clears throat> the verse that I would like to bring to your attention in that passage of Scripture this morning is found in verse 5, where it says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. And I think when you look at the first eight verses of this particular passage of Scripture, it's not speaking about salvation as it were, but it is talking about an intimate, vital, vibrant, living relationship that you and I as believers share with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. And believers as God's branches, all of us, if we belong to Him, we are vitally, almost in a sense, connected to Him. And as a result of being connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, we draw our life from Christ. And the promise before us in this passage, the promise in this particular text, is that in abiding this kind of a relationship with Jesus, verse 8 says, we bear much fruit. Not just bearing fruit, but we bear much fruit. And I think in bearing much fruit, we bring glory to God. This is how God is being glorified. However, without Him, that is, without the Lord Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. Zero. I don't know what to say what my black brother says when he says that. <laughs> now, there's a, a couple of wonderful things that we can learn in this passage of Scripture before us as we look at this this morning. Because it teaches us how we can be fruitful branches, as I said, to the glory of the Lord. And the first thing that I need to understand for me as a believer, and the older I become as a Christian, the more confused I am and the little I realize how little I know. As a matter of fact, if you look on, the, on my back, there's a board hanging. It says still under construction. Uh, God is still working on all of us. And in this passage, we have another great statement, uh, almost as we had in the Old Testament, where Jesus speaks about of I am. This is one of the statements that is made by Jesus in the gospel because it clearly identifies him as God. He's not a prophet. He's not a teacher. He is God. And he says 
very clearly he says, he is the great I am. And when Jesus used this particular symbolism that is used here in John chapter 15, the listeners, those that he was speaking to at that particular point in time, knew exactly what he meant. Because you see, the vine had become a symbol of the nation of Israel. It was the emblem that was on the coin also of the Maccabees way back then, as it were. And one of the great glories and great treasures of the temple was this great vine that was over the doorway. And so they knew exactly what Jesus Christ was talking about when he mentioned this. And when he calls himself the true vine, as it says there in verse 1, he is saying, I am the vine of God, and you, the branches, must be joined to me. You must be vitally connected to me. It is not because you belong to Israel. He's saying to them, he's speaking to the Jews there, that you are saved. But it is faith in me as the true source of life. Now you are not saved this morning because you belong to this wonderful fellowship. And you have your names on the book, as it were. We are saved. We are believers because we are connected to Him. And He is the true vine. And so this for me is the very first thing that I need to learn that this lesson of the vine is a very crystal clear thing that Jesus is the source of true life because He is God. And as I said, the older I become, the more confused I become. I cannot understand it all. And what is the importance and the significance of this truth for us this morning? What is the reason, the results, if I could say, from being connected to the Lord Jesus Christ? In Acts chapter 17 and in verse 28, we see that we draw our life from Christ, as Paul said, for in Him we live. And move and we have our being the Apostle Paul could also say now that we have come out of the Easter weekend and we have celebrated the death the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ he understood what that meant when he said that I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I lived yet not I you see we all talk about wanting to know Jesus Christ in the power of His resurrection and in His sufferings. But I think we need to be very careful when we say that. Because if we have to experience what Pastor John has shared with us here this morning of what happened in Sri Lanka, I don't know how ready we are to suffer for Jesus Christ. And sometimes we think we suffer when somebody tramps on our corns or they say funny things about us. And then we think that that is suffering for Jesus. 
I remember years ago, uh, I'm sure you all know the book that was written by, or the gentleman himself, Richard Wurmbrandt. Uh, he was known as God Smuggler. Now, some of the bald-headed ones and the gray-haired ones will know what I'm talking about this morning. You have to accept this as comes by faith that happened before the earth's crust hardened. He was known as God's smuggler. And he used to smuggle these Bibles into what was known as the Iron Curtain. And he came to South Africa, and I was a student at that time. And we were all excited because we read the book, and we wanted to meet and hear this man. And then we went out there to listen to him. And he said, you know, and this stuck with me. You are praying that God should lift the suffering and the persecution that we are experiencing. Do you know what we are praying for? We are praying that you in the free world will get a taste of persecution. Because you see, persecution separates the men from the boys. If I could use that, sorry ladies. But this is what it is all about. I also remember years ago, there was a book that was written. And the title of the book was, Will the Real Church Please Stand Up? And we are living in a day, brothers and sisters, that I believe that the church needs to become invisible and we need to engage with the world as it were. In Jesus, we see that he is the true source of life. And common sense this morning tells me that oranges do not grow on apple trees. Neither do strawberries grow on pear trees. Like begets like. Swart suk swart. That's what they say, isn't it? And it's very frustrating. As a matter of fact, the fact that it is impossible to try the Christian life and to live the Christian life if you are not a Christian. How can you live the Christian life if you are not a Christian? The life you and I were created to live is impossible to see realized without Jesus because Jesus is the true source of life. And because Jesus is the true source of life, this morning it is imperative that I am connected in faith to Jesus Christ. Because verse 1 says, He is the true vine. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, Am I connected to the true vine? Now as I look over the crowd here this morning, uh, I see a nice group of people. Some of you have been spending some time in front of the mirror this morning. As a matter of fact, I spend, spend more time in front of the mirror this morning because I was at the show. I asked Rita, must I put on a tie? Must I? And here I come, my pastor, so cool. And I feel so overdressed. Am I a real Christian? Am I a true believer? 
And I think many of the followers and listeners of Jesus believe that they were connected to God by being part of Israel, the vine. But Jesus says, we are God's children, not by natural descent. It's not because your mother or your grandfather was a deacon or an elder or a member of the church, so forth, of human decision or husband's will, but we have been born of God. John chapter 1 verse 13 teaches us that. We are born of God. I look at my kids. When we were in the pastorate way back then, they grew up in the church in the prayer meetings. They would be sleeping in the aisle. They grew up. And that did not make them Christians. That did not make them believers. A day and hour had to come where they had to make a personal decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. And some people think they are Christians because they're born in South Africa. We always hear the quote that says, you know, in South Africa we have 75 to 80 percent of Christians in the country. Or because they have joined a church. Or because they do good deeds as it were. But it is faith in Christ that connects us to him. And this is what results in the new birth. As Jesus described it to Nicodemus, you will all know the passage of scripture of Nicodemus there in John chapter 3. Any other way but God's way in Christ will lead us to spiritual growth and fruit. We need to be connected. We need to be in him. In verse 2 of John chapter 15, Jesus uses the phrase, in me. We need to be in him. And the only way this can happen is through the new birth. By embracing and accepting Jesus as the Savior. And the question that we need to ask ourselves, am I connected to the vine? Am I connected to Jesus? Because here's God's promise to you this morning. Yet to all, this is in John chapter 1 verse 12. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, the authority to become the children of God. And that's how we become children of God. And God calls us first and foremost to receive him, to believe in his name, and when you do that, new life results from being connected to Jesus, which is the vine. That is what it's all about. That is the most important thing. We can spend time in splitting hairs with doctrinal issues. But the main thing, the main thing for us the closer we are right now to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is to be involved in making sure that I'm connected to the vine, I'm drawing my life from the vine, and I'm bearing fruit. But Jesus says, I just don't want you to bear fruit. I want you to bear much fruit. I need you to be engaging. It's not just coming to church 
on a Sunday morning and occupying a seat. And that is my total contribution. And then when I leave the church, I shake the hand of the pastor and I say to the pastor, wonderful sermon, pastor. He's actually checking it to you. See you next week. Now, I'm not talking about Connect. I'm talking about the other churches out there. Wonderful people. Are you connected to the vine? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? One of the other lessons that I can learn from John chapter 15 is this. When I remain connected, I then begin to produce fruit. I then begin to engage. I then begin to produce much fruit. You see, there is a relationship between our remaining in Christ and our producing fruit. And Jesus refers to the importance of remaining in Him at least six times in John chapter 15. He speaks over there in verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, and verse 7. The importance of remaining in Him. If I want to see fruit produced in my life, I need to abide. I need to remain in Him. And if I remove myself from the source of life, I will wither and I will die. And in Cape Town alone, in the many, many churches sometimes that I visit, we find hundreds of people who have become impotent. They're coming to church, and that's it. See you next week. Another sermon. Haven't even applied last week's one. And so we go through our year. If you go out into our city, you will find on the battlefield emotional wrecks lying out there because people are not abiding. They are not remaining in the vine. They will die. And this would raise up quite a few concerns for me this morning. And the first concern that I have this morning is to remain in Jesus means that discipleship for me, my life in Christ, that's what it is, is not a passive process. I have to do something. I have to commit myself. I'm just thinking of the announcement that was made this morning of this deeper life thing that is going to take place. And this is what it's all. I need to engage. I need to get involved. I need to equip myself so that I can give an intelligent answer for my faith as to who I am in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your part in the process of seeing fruit produced is to remain, is to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the language that is used here, remain in me and I will remain in you, means to continue in a relationship that has already been established. It's not because on a certain day I was zapped with power and I received Christ and that's it. It's an ongoing thing. It's a continued thing. And Jesus is talking to people right here in John 15. He's talking to people who are in Christ. Because he reminds them in verse 3 there in John chapter 15. He says, you are already clean. You have already embraced, signifying that they are already in a living relationship to God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And Jesus is not saying to them, I want you to keep on establishing a relationship with me as if the relationship with Christ is a roller coaster experience. I'm on again and I'm off again. He's saying, I want you to continue in this relationship that has already begun. It's errors, it's active. I need to continually do that. It's imperative. Rita and I, we are engaged in uh, the marriage ministries. And we have lots of people come to our office for counseling. And most of them that do come for counseling is people who've walked down the aisle, who made a commitment to Jesus Christ. And, um, and when you sit down and you listen to the, the issues, some of them are very petty stuff. But they don't know how to handle them. And they don't know how to deal with this. And if you are married, and I say to a couple like that, in that marriage, I'm not saying to them as I'm counseling them, as it were, uh, they need to become married. Because they are already married. You see? I'm saying, continue in that state of marriage, that relationship, and with the help that by God's grace we give, and you apply that. So you are already in the relationship, those of you that have made a commitment to Jesus Christ, you are already abiding in that vine. You are already enjoying the life that comes from the vine. But God is saying to you, don't become complacent about it. Continue in that relationship. One of the dangers that I have discovered for me is, is that as I grow in Christ and as I go on in years, I can become very comfortable with where I'm at. Because I can sing the songs, some of them I know when they sing them. And I can quote some of the scriptures. I can talk the language. I can fool you. But God knows my heart. And God is saying to me that I need to continue and to develop that relationship. And that is what Jesus is saying to us this, this morning. Remain in me. Continue following me. And develop the relationship that has begun. If we are going to reach our city, our country, we need to engage. We need to get involved. We cannot be complacent. The trumpet is going to sound sooner for some than for others. But the trumpet is going to sound. Some of us are going to be making good-looking corpses, others not. But we are all going to die. We are going to stand before God. We are going to give an account. This is what the Bible teaches us. When last did you speak to someone about Jesus? When last did you share the love of God with someone? We have a practice on twice a month. We pray at certain places. And one of the places we were praying on Saturday morning, get together there. And as we were coming out, one of the security guys opened up the booms for me. And he looked at me and he asked me a question. He says, what, what, what were you guys doing in the chambers? 
I said, no, we were praying for the city and we were praying for you. He says, oh. I said, have you ever heard of Jesus? You know what he said to me? He said, no. Now, can you believe it? In a country where we say we've got 80% Christians in this country, someone's going to tell me he has never heard of Jesus. The long story short, we had the opportunity of leading him to Christ. This is happening all the time, but we must engage. We must get involved. And we must remain. And we must bring forth fruit. And Jesus wants us to bring forth much fruit. Listen, we're going to have some nice coffee. As a matter of fact, I insist in staying behind because I like the coffee. And I speak to certain people. But you know, drinking coffee together and eating donuts together doesn't make us Christians. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that has redeemed us and has set us free set us free. So in Christ we are connected. Let me move on quickly this morning. Otherwise we're going to miss out on the coffee and we don't want that to happen. I think one of the other important things for me to understand this morning is, is that the language that is used here in this passage of scripture remain in me and I remain in you means to continue as I said in a relationship that has already been established it has already begun for those of you who have accepted Christ as your personal savior and it is important because Jesus said there in John 15 and in verse 8 this is my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples now the Bible also speaks about every branch that does not bear fruit he trims, he cleans it so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, maybe when we think of a branch that is bearing fruit, we would say to ourselves, well, leave that branch alone. It's bearing fruit. That's great. That's wonderful. But God is not content with a little. He wants you to bear much fruit. Now, spiritual pruning, I've learned it is good for me. Spiritual pruning is good for us as believers because it brings more fruitfulness in your life. You know, James Dobson has a saying, and he says, the one thing that's important in his life is this. He says that I want to lead as many souls to Christ while I'm down here. And then he says, I will serve God with everything that I have. And last but least, he says, I want to make sure that my family knows Christ as personal Savior. So that when I stand before God one day, <coughs> excuse me, and I look down the aisle, I want to see my wife, I want to see my kids, and maybe even my dog. I want to see them all there. I don't know what your desire is this morning. Because it begins at home. It's nice. 
we can all talk nicely here and sing nicely and when we go to have coffee we have a nice chat with each other but what we are talking about this engaging if you want to overcome and have the victory in this thing it begins at home with your family as it were now it says spiritual pruning is for our benefits it's going to bring more fruitfulness in your life and the word that is translated here in verse 2 which speaks about cleaning it says there in verse 2 every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit so there's a pruning there's a cleaning that taking place i don't know for those of you that are into gardening and farming farming you will know a little bit more about this that when a vine hangs and a twig hangs and is lying in the dirt as it were from the vine the farmer will come or the gardener will come and he will lift it up and he will use a spray and spray it clean and he will put something under the twig to prop it up so that that branch could bear more fruit and this is what god is saying to us he lovingly comes along and he lifts us up irrespective of where we are at and he cleans us up so that we can bear fruit and we can bear much fruit and the word is used in the following ways in matthew 8 and in luke it speaks about the lepers who were cleansed this is the same word that is being used here in hebrews 9 the same word is being used where it speaks about us being cleansed of the blood of the blood of jesus christ that cleanses us in second corinthians chapter 7 it speaks of being cleansed out of reverence for God. We then purify ourselves. Now, God is calling us this morning, as it were, as a house of believers, to make sure that when God prunes us, it is in order to conform us more and more to His character. You see, the vine cannot produce a crop only the branches produce the fruit we get our life from the vine but the branches are the ones that bear the fruit this morning I'm very passionate because the man that discipled me He was very passionate about reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. And he was a man who had a love for the Word of God. He has gone to be with the Lord. He had this bulldog tenacity of when he gets hold of you. I mean, even if you try to jump through the toilet windows, he'll be there 5 o'clock in the morning waiting for you. And when he opened the Bible... And he started sharing the word. There was times when the man actually closed his Bibles and he would go through three, four chapters, word perfect. When he went to be with the Lord, he was sitting in his study. And his brother came by and saw him sitting there with his little memory pack. Those of you who know the navigators. He was memorizing the scriptures. And when his brother came back to serve him a cup of coffee, he was slumped over these Bible and his notes. He had gone to be with the Lord. I said, wow, what a way to go. But the challenge for me was, as a young believer, when I looked at him, 
and I heard him and I saw him and I see the fruit that is walking around all over South Africa today because of his ministry, I said to myself, I want to be like him. Not just bringing forth fruit, but bringing forth much fruit. And that means that we have to engage. We have to conform even more to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, let me say this morning. There is no hope for a dead branch. Now that sounds nasty, doesn't it? There's no hope for a dead branch. If a branch is dead, it's dead. You don't prune a dead branch. You cut it off. Throw it on the fire. But there might be a branch that there's still some greenery left. There's some life left. And this morning, if you evaluate your life in the light of what God has done for you and saying to you, you need to abide, you need to remain, you need to draw your life from Him, you need to bring forth fruit and not just be satisfied with bringing forth fruit, you need to be bringing forth much fruit. Maybe we should ask ourselves some questions. Because listen, the trumpet is going to sound. As a matter of fact, the second coming of the Lord is closer to this right now than when you left this morning. And we are all going to stand before him. We're going to give an account. And God is not wanting to know how many poor people I fed. You know, the thing that's really going to count is how many souls have I reached for God? Was I abiding? Or was I so busy partying down here that I forgot that I needed to share Christ with my guests? Question. And I conclude with this. Are you in the vine? Do you know him? Have you genuinely been saved? Do you know Christ as your personal Savior? Have you been grafted into Jesus? If not, it needs to happen today. The second thing that I would like to ask is, are you abiding in the vine? Are you drawing your strength from him so that he's able to produce through you fruit and much fruit that will honor him and glorify him? So that when we stand before him one day, that we would hear the words of Jesus say, Well done, good and faithful servant. If not, I believe we need to do something about that right now. Let's bow our eyes and pray. Father God, this morning we realize, even as we've heard earlier today, that it's not about us. It's about you. And Lord, coming out of the Easter weekend, we thank you for Calvary. We thank you for the blood that was shed. Thank you for that love that drew us to the cross.
And Father, if we cannot say this morning that I am crucified with Christ, if we cannot say this morning that I am grafted into the vine, help those who need to make that decision. Right now. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I don't want to embarrass you in any way this morning. But if you are not grafted into the vine this morning, if you don't know Jesus right there where you are, because you see, you need him. You need him. Would you ask Jesus just to come into your heart and into your life right now? Would you ask him to forgive you of your sin? Would you ask him to help you with the anger, the bitterness, the frustration, whatever it may be this morning? Would you ask him to make you the kind of person he wants you to be right now. If you've prayed that prayer right now, I want you to know that the ears of God is not deaf. His arm is not too short to reach you. He heard you, if you mean that this morning. And now you have been grafted into the vine. You draw your life from him. You engage, you get involved in the Bible, in prayer. You meet with the saints. So that you can grow in the faith. So that you can bring forth much fruit. Maybe you're a believer this morning and you've been coasting. You've been complacent. You've been very comfortable in what you have. And you know your desire is really to bring forth much fruit. Your desire is to really bring forth fruit that will honor Jesus Christ and God. Why don't you just rededicate your life to the Lord right there where you are and say, Lord, Help me, prune me, help me to be the person you want me to be. Help me to be part of the solution in South Africa. Help me to be part of the solution in my community, my neighborhood. Give me the boldness, give me the power, give me the words, give me the strength so that I can engage in a way that will draw people to you. Help me to be part of the solution in our nation. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. And in the fruit that we bring forth, my Father is glorified. May God help all of us to do just that. Amen.